Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, hey, it's another exciting edition of Retirement Elevated Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the program as we talk about the world of investing, finance, and retirement. That's why we call it Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee, Managing Partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving us here in the Salt Lake City area from their office in Sandy. Check them out online at elevatemyretirement.com. That's elevatemyretirement.com. Listen to the podcast if you're not already here listening to it uh, and you found it someplace else, feel free to share it on iTunes, Stitcher, or at retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Again, that's retirementelevatedpodcast.com. Or just give them a jingle if you know somebody that needs some help or you need some help yourself. 855-50-RETIRE. 855-50-RETIRE. Sean, my friend, what's up, buddy? How are you, man? Just another day. Another day. I'm doing pretty good, and I hope that you are doing well. You know, I meant to ask you on our last podcast, we were talking about your trip down to uh, the baseball camp with some of the Boston Red Sox, and you're a Red Sox fan. So does that mean that you're a Boston sports fan totally? Because, you know, it's after the Super Bowl here at the time of this taping, so I was curious. You know, I am. Most of the people that I, that know me know I grew up in southern Wyoming. Okay. But my mom is from Rhode Island originally, so that's where uh-huh. we would go back east and we would... We would visit her family. Right. And my grandfather took me to two teams. So he took me to watch the Red Sox play, which we loved it. They won the World Series this year. And he took me to watch the Patriots play. So and they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Again. Won the Super Bowl. We've had we've had lots of parades in our house this year with or over the last I guess ten years. Well, there's been a heck of I mean, Boston's kind of in all sports has been pretty darn dominant over the last decade, decade and a half. Yeah, so, since two two thousand. I mean, they two thousand and one, right? That was the first Patriots one. The Patriots won. Yeah, two thousand once. So they've won six Super Bowls, and then the Red Sox have won four World Series. Mm-hmm. So it has. I think the Bruins been, did a hockey one in there, and the Celtics won in there somewhere as well, too. Yeah, I mean, here being in Salt Lake, I and I've been here for twenty years. I uh, Celtics are probably my second love when it comes to the nba okay i'm a jazz fan uh, well okay so the locals will be good to hear that <laughs> yeah yeah well i absolutely am not a patriots fan by any means and i was thinking about that when we talked last week and i was like oh man i really like talking to sean but now i gotta talk to a patriots fan <laughs> but that's why exactly. we love sports right i mean sports gives us the uh, ability to hopefully although just like anything in life it seems like people cannot agree to disagree in a nice fashion it seems like people get too far but i'm one of those sports fans that i can dislike a team <laughs> but not dislike the person that maybe likes that team. So right. I think a lot of people get kind of carried away when it comes to that stuff. But anyway, that's our kickoff here to start talking about stuff on the show. I want to go ahead and move into our retirement conversation because that's what we do and that's what a lot of people are here for. So let's talk about being a DIYer. Do you do anything you know like that for around the house, Sean? Are you a DIY kind of guy? I do enough to be dangerous. And, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, I, I can handle the normal stuff. Right. Uh, but if the project gets a little bit more advanced, I got to step out and hire yeah. somebody. I'm with you. A couple of years ago, my brother and I decided to remodel, uh, redo our bathroom at the house for my wife and I. And she said, yeah, that will never happen again because she wound up being out without her bathroom for like, I don't know, three weeks instead of probably a week. Yeah, <laughs> a couple of days. Yeah, two, three days. Exactly. So it was fun. But yeah, it was definitely a headache. Well, let's talk about it from the retirement side. A lot of people, especially through this bull run, right? We've been on this big bull run. Say what you will about the pullback at the end of December of 2018. At the time of this podcast, it's just uh, right after the Super Bowl here in February of 19. But for the most part, it's still been a bull run, right? I think we flirted with being a bear for a little bit, but then it pulled back up. So it's easy to be a DIYer when things are going pretty well. 
So let's talk about you know being a DIY person when it comes to your retirement and when it works and when it doesn't work and get your thoughts on a few things. So when you come across somebody, Sean, who doesn't have an advisor, a financial advisor, what do you find are their reasons for taking that DIY approach? Is there anything that jumps out that they say, well, this is why I don't use an advisor? Oh yeah, absolutely. There's always two reasons or, well, uh, let me back up a little bit. Okay. There's, it's one of two reasons. One of two. All right. And I'll go back. We used to, in our old office, we had a classroom, a 900 square foot classroom where we taught our retirement elevated classes All right. and, and just to the public. And so we used to teach this class and our, I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there and I'm going through the investment side and, and we, we bring up the do it yourself investing. And I'm the, I'm the guy, I don't believe that as an advisor, I should tell somebody that they shouldn't do it themselves. Mm-hmm. But I always find that there are one of two reasons. And there was a captain in the police department. He's since become a client of ours. And he was sitting in the back. And I said, let's talk about this. I said, guys, there's, there's usually two reasons why people don't work with an advisor. And he piped up and he goes, you know why, Sean? I said, no. I said, tell me. He goes, I can't trust any of you. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. All right. Well, and so we had a conversation about that. And that's really one of the biggest reasons why people don't work with advisors. They do it on their own is that they've never found somebody that they could trust or like. Mm -hmm. Okay. The second reason is they enjoy doing it on their own. I would have thought that it would have been like fees um, would have been the other reason. They didn't want to pay someone. Well, I think the fee side comes in with not finding an advisor that that really adds value. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. Because if you look at the fee side, you know, I want to keep my investments as efficient as possible. Well, that's that's great. I understand keeping fees really low, so more money stays in your pocket. But the other do-it-yourselfer is, hey, you know what? I really enjoy doing it on my own. I like to do the research. I like to take the time. Or you know what? I'm just going to build in my own little Vanguard strategy and call it good because they're a, a follower of you know Bogle or using indexes and things like that. Well, you know, and if you listen to our podcast last week, we talked a little bit about being an informed consumer, and that can play right into the DIY side. But let's kind of stick here for a second around, you know, some of the fees. You said the word value, and that's what kind of jumped out and caught my ear. Sometimes people will take the standpoint, well, you know, I don't want to pay somebody because I can save money by doing it myself. And I think that's a good word that you use value because, look, there's no free lunches. Even if you're doing this yourself, you're still paying fees. There's still going to be some stuff in there when you're moving things and so on and so forth. So is the value you're getting for a fee that you're paying worth it to you, I think becomes a really big question for a lot of people. What do you think? No, I agree 100%. As part of our evaluation process, we do a fee analysis. Right. When we go through that fee analysis, I'll tell people, hey, listen, I'm not here to beat up your fee structure. I'm not going to tell you that it's good. I'm not going to tell you that it's bad. But what I want you to think about when it comes to fees are am I getting enough value out of the fees that I'm paying? So if I've got, you know, we'll just use a half a million dollar portfolio. And when we do the evaluation, we strip out all the fees. So if they're paying an advisor fee, they're paying a trade cost, if Mm -hmm. they're paying, you know, the mutual fund expenses, whatever fees they're paying, we strip out and we can create either a percentage amount and a dollar amount. So let's say, you know, they're paying 2% or whatever it may be. That may sound high, it may sound low, but the conversation that we're going to have is, hey, listen, you're, you've got a half a million dollar portfolio. You're paying $10,000 per year in fees. Are you getting $10,000 worth of value? I mean, it's a pretty simple question, right? Yeah, it's not up to me. It's if you're getting $10,000 worth of value, awesome. Your fee structure is good. If you're not... <laughs> nice. I love it. Simple way to look at it. Yeah. If you're not, then 
you need probably need to make some adjustments and, and change your either the relationship that you've got or ask the current relationship to do more for you. Well, and I think all of these are good points when you're talking about when DIY works and when it doesn't. So, you know, if someone has been managing their money by themselves, what are some triggers that would cause them to come visit an advisor like yourself, Sean? A lot of times, is it just the fear of the different animal that retirement planning is versus accumulation? Yeah. I mean, while you're saving money and while you're working and while you're I use a term, you, know, you got your your blinders on and you're just funneling money away. Mm-hmm. It's pretty easy. You just you pick a couple of strategies or you pick a target. Date right. Especially through this bull run, right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of people made money over the last 10 years. And so when we look at why somebody who's been doing it on their own comes to meet with us after doing it themselves, there's a couple of reasons that we see. The first is, hey, I don't know how to transition from accumulating wealth to using it for income. Mm-hmm. You know, the rules of engagement are a little bit different. I need, well, I I need help with yeah, that. That's a good way of putting uh, it. The next is they're looking for something more. Everybody in the, that's in our industry that's licensed can use investments. You know, everybody that carries the proper licensing, that's kind of how they get paid or whatever. But a lot of do-it-yourselfers, they can handle the investment side, but they're missing maybe on how to, going back to the first idea is how do I transition to income one? Right. And then two, I have no idea how I'm going to be affected from a tax perspective. So what's my tax strategy going to be? Yeah, I figured that had to be right there. And then the third reason that we see people coming to us is, and I ask this in our classes, I'll ask people, hey, you know, Mr. Jones, you really enjoy managing your wealth. And I had a doctor in the back of one of our classes and, and I was like, who enjoys it? And he raised his hand and his wife was there with him. And I was like, well, Mr. Jones, you enjoy doing it yourself. Mrs. Jones, do you enjoy doing it? And she, she was actually <laughs> knitting. She was knitting through the class, but she was there and she's like, no, I don't want anything to do with it. And this individual, he brought his wife to the class and he actually got talked into staying, working for another couple of months in the hospital and was in a head-on collision and died. Oh my goodness. Um, but he brought her to the class. And when we look at that, those are the reasons why, why people that do it yourself come to us. Uh, it's, hey, I don't know how to transition. I'm looking for something more, whether it's tax planning, income planning, whatever it may be. And my spouse, if something happens to me, whether it's death or disability, I don't want them to have to find an advisor at an inopportune time. Now, that's a really great point. And I was going to finish off by saying what a single, maybe biggest, most common mistake would be for married couples that if you're a DIYer, only maybe one person really understands what's going on. And to your point, if something happens, the person left behind not only is dealing with the emotional problems that come with that, but now they're financially speaking behind the eight ball because they don't know what's what. And they've got to now sort through all that and take on that added responsibility. So you kind of were reading my mind there thinking that, you know, that's got to be another component of it. So is that something that you strongly encourage when you're working with people is that even if it's not your quote unquote bag as a person that you're not into the financial side to at least be involved enough to understand and have a working knowledge? Yeah, I mean, definitely have. I mean, I look at my wife, for example, she's extremely intelligent, but she wants nothing to do with our personal finance side. When it comes to planning and saving, she wants to know that she's going to be okay. And so when we look at building plans for people in retirement, I take them through the same steps I take my wife through. If you don't want to be involved, 100%, that's okay, but you have to be involved 
with your spouse enough to understand what's going on because yeah. we don't want in an inopportune time in a death or disability situation we don't want you to have to make financial decisions for six months to a year six months at the very earliest right so be involved be proactive at least get a, a working knowledge of what the plan looks like and then if your husband or, or wife wants to do it on their own you at least have built in a, a fundamental relationship with somebody that you don't have to make all those decisions right away. No, I think that's a great point. If at minimum, it gives you someone to turn to that you've already met that you hopefully feel like you've got a bit of a connection with in that troubled time. So all of these things are good, important concepts to consider if you're a DIYer and there's nothing wrong with doing so. But I think as we mentioned, a good place to really consider is when it comes to transitioning from the accumulation portion of your life. And again, through the last 10 years, it's been a little bit easier to accumulate, you know, with the market's success and so on and so forth. But when you transition to retirement, it is an entirely different animal. We've said it a lot. We'll continue to say it. But that is a place where there's a lot more fine nuance that can get you into, you know, a little bit of pickle if you're not used to dealing with it. And to Sean and I's point earlier, if you don't do it every day, you know, then that's something that you may not be prepared for. So, Sean, thank you for joining us here on the podcast. This has been Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. He's a managing partner at Elevated retirement group feel free to share this podcast with friends family strangers neighbors whatever you want to do <laughs> feel free to share it on itunes or stitcher or check them out on the podcast and you can always uh, share the link on facebook and things of that nature retirementelevatedpodcast.com that's retirementelevatedpodcast.com or if you want to talk to them directly it's 855-50-RETIRE 855-50-RETIRE and sean thanks again man for being here i appreciate you and i hope you have a great week okay we'll talk to you soon All right, take care, and we'll see you next time here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee from Elevated Retirement. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.